Hello, welcome to another edition of 41 Files Podcast here from 41 Action News Studio in KSHP. We're glad to have you with us for yet another run around the topics of the day. Um, we, we have covered lots of things recently between uh, weather last week in which I was uh, sick and not able to take part. And uh, Sam made a joke at my expense about that, about being under the weather during a weather podcast. Uh, we talked about the Chiefs quite a bit once their season ended, but we're getting back to a little bit more uh, news of the area today, trying to. I'm joined by 41 Action News reporter Kat Reed today. Hi, Kat. Hi, Taylor. Can, can I put you on the spot and ask you to describe the sweater you're wearing? Sure, I will. So this is a sweater that my mom wore in the 90s. Okay. When she gave it to me, it had some stains on it. And okay. I was like, what are these stains, Mom? Joe Blankenship is like, I'm concerned about where this story is going. <laughs> um, um, and it turns out it was my spit-up from when I was a baby. Wow. Wow. I got it dry cleaned, and the stains came out, and I wear it all the time now. And now it has special meaning for you because it it's like full circle wardrobe. Yeah, I haven't thrown up on it since good. I was a baby, so good. that's good. We've improved it quite a bit as far as quality. Now it's back in style. Yeah, you're, it you're is. Killing it. it is. And digital producer Sam Hartle as well. Hi, Sam. I'm, I'm surprised that cat would have even, as a baby, spit up. <laughs> that, my perception of you has changed a little bit. Cat is so flawless to the point of, you mean she had an instance as a child where she wasn't perfect in every way? I can't believe that. Like Mary Poppins. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to be talking a little bit about, or actually almost exclusively about transportation in, in a couple of different forms today. Charlie Keegan, 41 Action News reporter, will join us later on in the podcast to talk about uh, traffic. That's actually him clanging around in the back right now. Uh, uh, he's going to be talking about uh, traffic lights, specifically on Olathe, and a new app they've got to maybe help you avoid some of the lights on your way to work in that part of Johnson County. We'll talk with him in a little bit. But this morning, uh, we're going to start by talking about a different kind of transportation. And, I'm, and it's almost like Cat has to switch to a different part of her brain because you're not talking about the airport. You're, you're talking about something on the ground and not in the sky right now. Are it you able to do true. that? I think I can handle it with, with some help from my friends who join us here in studio. That's right. We have in-studio guests today, and I'm, I'm pleased to welcome Beth, uh, Beth Brittenstein and Joe Blakenship, both from the City Planning and Development Department. Guys, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us today. We appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. So um, I don't know the last time I was on a bicycle. Uh, and I was trying to think about that whenever you guys were coming in today. We're talking about about Bike KC and what's what's coming up with, with that for the city. Um, but so clearly I'm not the person to, to describe how well uh, bikes should be used in Kansas City. But uh, who's the target audience for Bike KC that should really be excited about what's going on with the city today? Joe? Well, Taylor, you are. Okay. You're, you're, you're the non-biking people. Okay. The, the people that might be interested in biking more, but uh, for one reason or another have been concerned about their safety or maybe they haven't uh, felt like they could get on a bike uh, and enjoy it in mm-hmm. our city. Our, our, our city is trying to catch up to what other cities are doing in terms of implementing infrastructure to support average cyclists. This plan provides a, a path forward to do that. We're doing a lot of good work around the city over the last few years to help make biking a little bit more of a prominent activity, mm-hmm. and this plan will help continue that push. So, mm-hmm. yo, Kat, could you go ahead oh, yeah. in, please? I, I just wanted up. to jump in because um, I know this has been in the works for a very long time, starting with an audit from the city that found our original master bike plan wasn't sufficient to meet the needs. So one thing I wanted to ask you, Joe, in interviewing members of the public, what were some of the things that you heard from people in terms of why they aren't out there riding bikes on the streets of Kansas City? Yeah, I think first it's important to mention that we have had a robust community engagement process throughout this plan. We've had over 1,500 survey respondents, both in person and online. 
We've had, after the conclusion of the open houses that are coming up in the next two weeks, we'll, we will have had 14 public meetings on the subject, rolling bike meetings. So we've heard a variety of input. And some of the key themes are that, you know, there's not enough supportive infrastructure that really entices people onto the road, that it's scary, it's intense on, uh, on the road when you're, when you're out riding. And sometimes, frankly, people don't know what to do, both as a driver and as a cyclist. So our plan tries to address all those things. So what type of infrastructure will get people out riding? What are the supportive programs that will help people feel educated? What are the policies that we need to work on as a city beyond just the bike plan? So that's, that's, that's what we've heard, and that's how we've tried to address it. I'm going to pivot to Beth now, who I'm sure is very excited to not be dealing with public works questions <laughs> amid all of this well, weather. Well, I, I wouldn't say excited because regardless of— You don't what, have to. We'll say it. Regardless <laughs> of whether I'm talking about snow on television, I'm still having to be in it like everybody else. So That is true. It's still just a, a real— real challenging winter. (laughs) So one thing I want to ask you, Beth, and I know that you're still relatively new to the planning department, but when we're talking about bike Casey and this master plan, how many years into the future are we looking for the city? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not um, one of those things where we we get the plan adopted and then, you know, in a year we have this full network built. It's definitely an incremental kind of thing. And, And the beauty of the plan, too, is that it does specify kind of some of those priority areas. Um, so it's a little less daunting uh, when you when you kind of separate things out by like a five year priority for some of those networks and some of those connections to be made. So it is it is definitely a long term look, um, you know. So so the price tag isn't something that we're saying, okay, we got to have this ready to go uh, by next year. So it, it, that's that's kind of the 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 look at it is is that long term view and thinking ahead to the future. And and the thing about that too is it, it allows for a little bit of. Um, Flexibility, because in the world of infrastructure for bikes, it's a very fast-moving uh, world where, where technology is concerned. There's always something new out there that is maybe uh, the element of division from traffic. It's always changing. So that'll uh, allow us to kind of get ahead of the curve on some of those things. Let's talk moolah. Sorry, Taylor, know, you're yeah, leaning forward. Cat's going for it. Listen, cat's going for it. I appreciate it. So, Joe, what's the price tag? And I, I know when you brought this up at the transportation and infrastructure meeting last week, you compared it to a master plan for streets. So give us the numbers on that. All right. So the as Beth said, the plan functions comparably to our major street plan. It's basically the ultimate network if the city gets completed, mm-hmm. in quotes, you know. So the price tag for the major street plan is anywhere from 7 to $10 billion. Yeah. Uh, we all know the airport is well over a billion dollars. The streetcar is $50 million a mile. So our bike plan is just like those other pieces of infrastructure. It has a hefty price tag. It's about $387 million to $418 million in, in price range. It's important to note that we did not engineer every street on the plan. These are our planning level estimates based on completed projects throughout the city over the last 10 years. Yeah. So we tried our best to get an accurate picture of what it's going to cost in terms of resources. But, uh, you know, it's all subject to change. Once we get more projects on the ground, we become more fluid and and can really implement things quickly and more cost effectively and have a variety of types of materials that will help reduce costs. So I think, as I mentioned at the top there, that um, I'm I'm not a biker. And that number, I think, is more jarring to people who are not bike enthusiasts and people who don't Mm -hmm. plan on using bicycles anytime in the near future. You hear $400 million and go, Hold on, because and I have to play devil's advocate here a little bit with this, because I think when you hear about a city's bike plan, it almost feels like one of those um, 
things that you see on Twitter or social media like that about major major American cities that are great for bikes and not great for bikes, and they list the kind of thing where, yeah, where it, it, right. it feels like that kind of thing that you're hearing about to take it from where if you're not a bike person, it really is something that you kind of maybe scroll past to $400 million plan that you're talking about potentially. It's a big leap for people who are not as invested in it. Talk about the engagement and investment level for people who are serious about this and just how much of a big deal it is for the number of people in Kansas City that want this to be implemented. Well, this 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 all started with the directive of the city manager and the city council to give us a plan that will help us become a platinum-level bike community. And what a platinum-level bike community requires is a robust network, a robust education and outreach program, and a lot of support, both you know, in terms of time expended on programs and policies, but mm-hmm. also money, you know, that this council directs towards us. So, you know, because we've heard so many people's opinions over the last two years, it has become evident to us that throughout the city, there are a wide variety of audiences that care deeply about this subject matter. It is certainly not the only subject in the city that that matters. Sure. But Transportation influences economic prosperity. It influences housing choice. It influences physical activity. It influences yeah. life expectancy. So while some people might see the bike plan as an effort of, oh, well, it's just, you know, snobby white guys in spandex shorts. <laughs> on, Twitter. Know, on Twitter. On Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. The, you know, the Twitterati is just yelling and we got to get the, the plan out. It, it is more than that. You know, we, we, we spoke with high school students each year in this project uh, at East High School. They have a bike club where they learn each semester how to put a bike together and then they get to keep it and, you know, use it like any other high school student in the country. Yeah. And to and from wherever they want to if they don't have a car. Um, it's important to students. We heard from, you know, folks who are who are older in age that while they may not be out riding bikes, bike infrastructure on streets slows traffic down. It decreases crossing distances. So it helps people walking on the street too be safer. So this uh, this plan tries to reinforce those messages and also, you know, makes it clear to the city council that if they're serious about becoming a, a bike platinum city, you know, let's let's put some resources towards it to help staff do that. Joe, you've mentioned um, a couple other methods of transportation. Mobility is a key component of discussion uh, in the city these days. How does this bike plan fit into other modes of transportation that you just mentioned, whether it's you know a street calming or or pedestrian safety, scooters, scooters? Uh, you know, the ATA is always working to you know kind of fine tune their service. You know, we have the possibility of the expanded streetcar down to UMKC. How does this plan fit into those other modes of transportation? I'd say very well. Um, a variety of modes of transportation equals freedom for everybody, right? Freedom of choice, freedom of ability. Um, throughout this process, we worked with our friends at the Streetcar Authority. We've been – Beth and I have both been on, a, on, on the team setting some of the policies for scooters. We, we talk with our partners at the Mid-America Regional Council, at MoDOT, at the KCATA on a regular project-by-project basis and a plan-by-plan basis. So none of our recommendations are new to our agency partners – None of our recommendations will be a surprise to to those making other types of transportation decisions. We really just uh, are looking forward to the opportunity to help the public understand how we've gotten to where we've gotten to and what the path forward is. I want to get I, back to something you said earlier about the platinum level distinction. What What is that from? Who, who, who decides whether or not a city is platinum level? Who rates that that you mentioned there? Yeah, the League of American Bicyclists is an organization that started in the late 1800s um, that – basically now functions as an advocate, national advocate for for biking. 
And what they do is is something called a Bicycle Friendly Community Program, which rates your city based on infrastructure completed, programs implemented, educational enforcement activities, policies that you have, all that sort of help put a, a, a figure on is your is your community supporting bicyclists? Some of the best cities in the country are, you know, Portland, Minneapolis, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, there's actually only six bike platinum communities. Do we have a rating right now? We do. We've been a bronze level community since 2011, which is a good achievement. Um, and it's in large part in d- due to some of the infrastructure we've put into the ground, but also our, our friends at BikeWalk KC and Revolve KC and Cycling KC. They all have really robust education programs that have helped us get there. So the the League of American Bicyclists Friendly Program rating is is just a metric like any other metric. It's imperfect. Um, but we want to strive to grow in that metric. And so our bike plan recommends by the next five years, try to get to that next level, silver, right? So there's bronze, silver, gold, platinum. Um, we want to get to that next level, you know, before we start continuing to aim towards uh, platinum. I'd like to pivot from our young Cokie Roberts over to um, Beth here. Sorry, that's an inside joke about Joe's hair looking like Cokie Roberts. It's fantastic hair. Or, or Blanche from the Golden Girls. <laughs> no, you've got a great head of and hair, he's Joe. he's very much in character right now as Cokie. <laughs> like, you're seriously, like, the headphones, the microphone, you've got it. I'm, he I'm he is Cokie. Like, yeah. watch out. He's really going to be her replacement. <laughs> so, Beth, um, I was lucky enough to once go on a little bike tour with Joe, actually, and I found, you know, I personally on a bike felt a little bit unsafe, felt like I was kind of right there on top of the traffic. You were in public works during the installation of the city's first protected bike lanes along Armour. Is that, um, first of all, tell me kind of why that's a thing that makes cyclists feel safer. And second of all, is this something that we'll see figure prominently in the bike plan? Yeah, I think, I mean, the implementation of the Armour bike lanes was our first real application of what's called a parking protected bike lane. Again, it's that barrier separation between the bicyclists and traffic. And in, as Joe mentioned, in, in some of our discussions with the, the greater public, what we've heard from a lot of people is that they would feel safer. And data kind of shows that people feel safer if there is some sort of something, some vertical element that separates uh, bicyclists from traffic, um, something more than just a line of paint. So we, we, we kept hearing that. And I think, you know, with armor being uh, a corridor that is dense, um, a corridor that relies a lot on on street parking. That's one of the things you have to think about when you're doing parking protected bike lanes is if there are going to be cars there. Um, so that was, you know, that was the choice for that for that stretch. Um, and I think what we've seen is, is people utilizing it. We've seen, um, you know, our need to kind of think about snow removal and, and, and move forward with some, some techniques to, to address those, those things, um, which we're doing. Um, but also, you know, we've, we've just kind of, uh, you know, had a good community conversation as, as a result of that. One of the elements of anything new on the street is education. So it's really just having that conversation with the community. And, and, and at the front end of that, it was a lot of, okay, here's how you park. Here's where you park. And, and you see a lot of um, sort of um, herd mentality that develops there. One person does it right. And then they're like, oh, that's how you do it. And, you know, there's some of that, but there, there's also a need to, to get that message out there. So that's been kind of the challenge with that one. But I think it's, you, you check it today and you'll see people figured it out so people are smart <laughs> i don't know if i'd go that far <laughs> but and i you, you mentioned that I, I think to go back to something that joe said at the very top that i'm the target audience here of someone that doesn't do this or someone who's afraid to do that i think that's exactly how i would feel of listen 
I haven't been on a bike in a long time. I don't want to hop in the middle of the road and have nothing but paint to separate me from traffic. So I think that's a, a huge difference between I, getting new bikers out there. And I'd put myself in that category, too. And I just wanted to tell you that, you know, uh, I know you haven't been on a bike in a, ride, in a while, but when you get back on, it's like riding a bike. Well, thank God, because I'm, I've been I'm, waiting to tell that joke, look that at horrible, that. horrible, cheesy line. No, it was not. Time. Listen, there have been accurate. much cheesier things said in here. It is, it is accurate. So what's the next phase for this? We talk about the plan, the plan, the plan. And who has to approve this? Who has to sign off on it? What's what's next for this? Uh, so the 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 four forthcoming open houses are the ne- are the very next step. We want to make sure that the public is aware of what we've done and is okay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll move into the adoption process. We'll take it to our uh, bike pet advisory committee at the city uh, at the end of February. We'll take it to the parks board. You know, our parks board has jurisdiction over parkways and boulevards. And then we go into the regular sort of plan adoption process, which includes a hearing in front of the city plan commission and then a most likely a joint transportation infrastructure and planning, zoning, economic development committee. That's a mouthful (laughs) there for a committee. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) T&I-PZED. Yeah, that's much better. That's that's Um, much better. But uh, one of the things I've tried to learn over the process is not not using uh, industry jargon. So that's why I just said it out loud. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'd, we'll need we'll need those bodies to to make a recommendation to the full council, and then hopefully by late March, early April, oh, wow. the latest, we'll have a we'll have a decision. Okay. Do you have any indication right now of how people are leaning? How that's going to go? Do you feel like it's going to be a pretty smooth process, or is this a uphill battle, so to speak? I mean, if we can get something about the airport on that same docket, it'll probably be a, <laughs> a smooth <laughs> <Yeah>. process. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Oh and if it's an uphill battle, we do have e-bikes. So, Look at oh, that. Yeah. Another bike. Dad. Yeah, we'll just, you know, scoot our way towards the finish line. Oh, and line. scoot. Yeah. Look at that. Well, yeah. I think Beth said I, yesterday that they're pedaling to the finish line in her uh, Man. Yeah. No, but we, we, we have we have some good champions on city council for this project. You know, Councilman Fowler in the Northlands has been a real strong supporter this whole go around. Councilman Councilwoman Justice mm-hmm. in the Southland has been uh, you know, a, a good supporter. And, and there's a lot of other people on city council who have participated in our events throughout the course of the last two years. Uh, so there will probably be some some concerns and some comments, just like any other sure. good document. But I think we've done a we've done our due diligence to make sure people know what's happening. Are you ready to be in that hot seat, Joe, and answer those questions? As ready as any good city employee can be. <laughs> he's nailing the podcast, so yeah. I think he's going to be fine. That's true. It was. Um, I felt bad because last week for the airport committee, oh they, they combined that with transportation and infrastructure. Power was out at City Hall, but they had it planned for the airport. So Joe is, you know, in this room just filled with all of these airport employees, <laughs> um, all these people on the Edgemore team. We're all expectantly waiting for that, and Joe's like, "Okay, well, we're going to talk about the bike plan first. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was saying. You know, that's the first time we dropped that. Uh, you know that nine-figure price tag. Yeah, got a couple side eyes, but uh, you know, you put that right up next to the airport, and what what's four hundred million? A little perspective. <laughs> One other thing, looking forward, can this serve as kind of a foundation for uh, a regional plan? Uh, you, you know, ultimately, hopefully, this is something that just doesn't you know end at State Line Road. And, and you had mentioned that one of your partners was Mark. Yeah. Um, what are some of the other things that some of the other a- agencies across the metro are doing that can plug into this plan? Well, to be brutally honest, we're actually catching up to the rest of the metro in terms of bike mm-hmm. plans. Um, the city of Overland Park, about a year and a half before we started this process, implemented their f- bike master plan. Um, Prairie Village on the Kansas side also is just finishing up their master plan as well. Um, the Mid-America Regional Council in 2014 adopted a regional bikeways plan, 
when they did that plan, it incorporated the routes from our original Bike KC plan. But we we coordinated a lot with those cities to make sure that we're hitting on, you know, that we're not ending, you know, at a street that doesn't make sense in a neighboring community. Yeah. Well, obviously, this is going to be. Uh, I'm I'm really I'm surprised by the speed that you're talking about. It could move. Joe's posing for a picture. That's 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 the beauty of the podcast studio. Is all that can happen at one time. Uh, yeah, the PIO I have. That's hey, go for it. I'm I'm surprised at the speed which you're saying that this could this could happen. So we'll have to watch for that. And I think it's really interesting the the topic that you both bring up there about how. Um, this particularly can drive the economy in a different kind of way. When you think about the kind of people who would want to be using bikes and what they'd want to be using bikes for, whether it be spending money on different places they'd go to on a bike, that kind of thing, it's interesting to think about what could happen in the future if this is uh, approved. So we'll be watching that eagerly. And um, right. yeah, it's, it's, we'll, it's, we'll be watching for you on a bike. Oh, that, that, I'd send a photographer out Ooh, if you did that. Man. You'll see the world a different or, way on a bike. I have or, one. I have one. I just haven't been on it in a long time. Instead of proposal, if you will. Okay. Oh, hey. The day that this goes before full council for uh, adoption, oh, man. it would be fantastic to do a bike ride from City Hall. Either maybe it's a bike ride out of pain because it hasn't passed, <laughs> or hopefully it's a bike ride out of joy because it's passed. A celebratory. <laughs> Or dirge of a bike ride. A celebratory or reconciliation. Yeah, ride. there we go. Either way. Okay, well, we'll have to look for that. And it might, might, maybe it ends at you know Boulevard. Ooh, who knows? Yeah, I'm yeah. married to the kind of person who will absolutely go. Oh yeah, we should do that. That's what she would say. <laughs> we should get bikes and go. And I'll be like, you don't have a bike. She's like, don't worry about it. That's what she would say. Easy solution so across the, the track, right? yeah across the street from City Hall is a Kansas City B cycle station. <laughs> there you go. So you don't even Fine. need to own a bike. Don't even need to own a bike, and you can be ready to go. Uh, <laughs> Joe, Beth, thank you both for being here today and, and talking about this. It's really Thanks interesting. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you. Yeah, thank it. you. Welcome back to another edition of 41 Files. We've been talking transportation today on today's episode with uh, the city of Kansas City, talking about their, their bike program and the plan coming up for the city of Kansas City. Now we're switching gears, uh, another transportation joke, a little bit, to um, the city of Olathe and 41 Action News reporter Charlie Keegan, who's here to talk about uh, traffic in Olathe, specifically dealing with red lights. And this is a really interesting story you had on 41 Action News today, uh, just a couple of days ago, about a new app they're using uh, with a great name because it's I'm, I'm a pun. I'm a fan of puns whenever right. we can get them. Charlie, tell me about this app that Olathe is uh, trying to implement. Well, I'll hit you with the name right off the bat. It's called Enlighten. Enlighten. Okay. And it's uh, all about helping you kind of catch the green lights uh, and so that you can flow through traffic nice and smoothly and not the stop and go of red light, green light, red light, green light. And uh, so it's just kind of like a uh, almost like a navigational tool to help you maintain a speed so that when you, you can hit all the green lights as they're timed out properly throughout the, the city. I had a chance to, to sit down with the city of Olathe's traffic operations manager, Dave Kumke, and he kind of uh, gave me a little bit of an explanation of like an example maybe of when someone might be using this app. We have a soundbite of that too. So, or if you're in a, a flow of heavy traffic with trucks in front of you, you don't know, you know, if there's an advantage to passing him or not. This will tell you, it's got an indicator similar to a, a digital speedometer that will, and it's called Glossa, and it's a green light optimization speed advisory. So oh what that tells you is if I stay, and, and by the way, it's also tracking your speed, so it reads right out on your phone what yeah. your speed is. But it'll tell you if you stay in this area of the green band, you'll make that next signal green. If you speed too quickly, you'll run into the back of what we call a queue, the back of the vehicles, and have to stop. So it helps drivers manage their speed so that they can get better flow through the corridor. It's pretty cool. 
green light optimization. What were the last two that he said there? Speed advisory. Speed advisory. So um, that you know, no offense to him, but that's that sounds pretty complicated, Charlie. Uh, a lot of apps when you describe them to people right. sound complicated until you use them in in person. Really, how is a is this, this is in place already? People can download this yeah, and, yeah, and get yeah. it. Okay, it's up and running, and it, the app is like. It's almost too simple. Okay. Uh, it, honestly, like you, you can't really do anything with it except for watch it and to to tell you if the light's green or red. It's, okay. It's really like hard to mess up. I pulled it up on my phone right now, but since we're not in Olathe, not going to pull and anything. Not up. Driving <laughs> anywhere, it's not going to do anything. Uh, but I can. I mean, there's a little like speedometer type of dial on the bottom of mm-hmm. the, of the of the app, and as you drive through Olathe. That dial turns red or green, and then if your needle stays in the green section of the dial, then you're going to hit the next light at a green signal. Okay. If the arrow stays in the red section of the dial, then if you continue at that speed, you're going to hit a, gr- a red light when you get to how how far signal. ahead are we talking here? Like if I've got a red light coming up in I don't know you know 500 feet or 500 yards even what, what are we talking about? Yeah, it, it it knows the next signal that you will okay. be approaching. So however far away that next signal is, it's the one closest to you. Okay. Does it identify the streets as well, or is it just telling you? It's just giving you a light indicator. Is all, is all it is. All it does is give you a light indicator, okay. right? So there's no GPS navigational function of it. It just knows that there's a light ahead and stay in the green. Are there certain streets it works on and doesn't work on in Olathe? So I was driving around Olathe, and it is seems a little hit or miss. It's supposed to work throughout the entire city of Olathe, right. and it and. Uh, I felt like it would drop off in some areas and then pick up in other areas, and maybe that's just a function of, of an app and not being. But perfect. you were sure you were in Olathe the whole time because I mean some of those some of those street limit signs kind of right. will get you lost whenever they bump up against other right. cities. Then you're in Lenox all of a sudden or Oak yeah, Park, and right. you don't know it. But it does say you're out of coverage area when you leave. Okay, so it's a different alert when you leave the. It will the tell city you when limits. you're no longer in the city right. limits. Okay, so the thing that we talked about when you did this story and that was um, an obvious question for a lot of people became. Uh, you're not supposed to be on your phone while you're driving. Right. Um, and if, if you're in your car by yourself, um, which a lot of people are, obviously, if yeah. they're headed to work in the mornings or that kind of thing, you're driving around running errands, um, this app seems to want to encourage someone to either be holding it or put it on their dash, but at the very least, paying attention to the phone while it's up and running. Yeah. Um, how does the city kind of justify what that what that looks like in practice? Right, that is the number one criticism for sure. And I received a lot of pushback when I tweeted about it on Friday when the story aired on yeah. our news, and everybody was like, on Twitter was just all about, "Oh, great, I'm distracted driving," or "I guess I'll never drive in Olathe. I'm liable to get hit by a, a distracted driver." Yeah. And so the app itself and the city of Olathe both kind of have like a disclaimer, you know, asking you not to hold the phone while you drive and stare at it while you drive, but that you should hand it over to a passenger if applicable or if you're by yourself, you know, dock it into a you know, some sort of holder on your mm-hmm. dashboard. Like, you know, you see everybody has those suction cups for their uh, <laughs> right. uh, GPS version. And, and just kind of maybe watch it out of the side of your eye uh, as you drive down the road and, and try and gauge whatever's comfortable for you as a driver. Or if, it's, if you feel like it's too distracting, then don't use it. You know, yeah. There's the simple answer there. And that leads back to what you were talking about, about the app itself being simplistic and not having a whole lot on there. It's really just you should be able to, and not to defend the app or right. the city or anything like that, but in practice, you should be able to place it on a dash, 
look down, glance down as you're driving and see whether or not you're in in the right color. That's all you're looking for. Exactly. Yep. And then uh, another function of the app, uh, not to add on, it's so simple, which is so perfect, but it also does. (laughs) But when you're at, when you do get stuck at a red light, it normally has a countdown of how long this light's going to remain green. Really? So as you okay. stop at a light, you can look and go, oh, well, 13 more seconds to sit here until this light turns green. So while you're stopped, you can uh, you now monitor that's, that. That's interesting. I didn't know about that part, Sam. So speaking of, of knowing when things are going to change, so one of the things I pay attention to, especially here in Kansas City, Missouri, is the uh, the countdown clock on a crosswalk. Yeah. And uh, on one of the on one of the streets I come in on uh, on Ward Parkway on the south side of the plaza, I know that the intersection at Ward Parkway and Warnell, um, I can see the countdown clock, and I know that that's basically not just a crosswalk clock, but it's the clock until I get to yellow. And so if, if I'm if I'm able to see what that like number as you're is, approaching it, you can see the number, right? And if it's you know counting down, I might speed up a little bit to know I can make the light. Yeah. So with the knowledge, it's like on the app, if you're borderline toggling right. between a green and a red. Presumably, a driver could change their behavior and say, "All right, I want to get back into the green zone." Right. Uh, is there any concern that people might, you know, kind of change their driving habits or um, speed through a yellow? That's a great question. Right. Yeah. Try to try to catch that green. Exactly. Yeah. That's definitely a concern, and it's just uh, something that the city is asking folks to just be a responsible driver when you're using the app as best you can, and and not uh, race toward a, a yellow light or or break any other kind of uh, traffic laws like speeding or anything yeah. like that, or uh, changing lanes suddenly without your blinker. They want you to still follow all the, all do the, the laws. Do the green and yellow lights also have timers, or just the red that it will tell you how much longer this color is going to be that particular color? It all it also counts down from green from the green yeah. also. So okay, that's that's really interesting. Did they? Is there another city that they modeled this after? That did you know of any other cities that they know that use this app or anything like that? They they there are other cities that use it, but I don't can't. N- Name them off the top okay. of my head here, and uh, and again with the same thing with the green light, like speed dial, where it was green in some areas and red in other areas, um, and the countdown. I feel like it worked at some traffic signals and some traffic signals you didn't get a countdown, so okay. it's a little spotty. Uh, so you can't the depend on the app right. to make your driving. In answer to Sam's question, it feels like listen that that may not always work a hundred percent of the time, and maybe they're working that out still, right? How widespread do they hope the adoption of the app will be? Uh, is this something that they want every driver in Olathe to have? Is it? Um, oh, yeah, definitely. They have. Uh, they want. They want people to use it. They. They want to kind of lead the way here in the Kansas City metro area and hope that they can model become you know develop a model that other cities in the in the region here can adopt and use and and maybe people in Overland Park or Kansas City, Missouri could one day be doing this as well. They kind of want to lead the way. The other question I have, and I just thought of it, um, are some privacy concerns. Um, the app obviously knows exactly where you're at. It's going to have a record of, of where you've been, where you're going. It's going to be able to use that o- over time, um, probably in a predictive sense. Sure. The more people that use that, the, the greater database. Are there any privacy concerns, um, or are we not there yet as it relates to the adoption of this app? No one's brought them up to me, yeah, as far as that goes. I have not heard anybody concerned about the, the data. And, of course, like any app, it has a whole big, long terms of agreement sure. that nobody reads and, and just clicks accept and, 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 and you know moves on with. So Is it free, the app? The app is free, yeah. Okay. And, Which is probably why it's free. Yeah. Right. And part of the uh, – one of the companies that the city is working with and through this app is that 
eventually they want this to be something that's installed in the dashboard of every car. And so this the is app, of, the company does itself. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So they, they want this technology. They're kind of using the technology now in an app to fine tune it, learn how it works. And then eventually they can sell it to Ford and GM and all those guys so that they put it in their car. Because, and then, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't uh, Olathe the city that uh, certain cars now, Audi, Audi, car Audi yeah. have the, the sensors in them already that will right. tell you the same thing? That's, I, once you said that, I remember we've right. done a story on that. Yep, exactly. So Audi's kind of the, the leader there. And this company that the city's partnered with is trying to make a little more widespread. <laughs> uh, Along the consumer uh, cars, did the city? And I think you talked about this when we did the story with about Audi. Did the city have to pay it all for to be part of this app or anything like that, or was it just a no? But there's the catch, right? The city didn't have to pay anything, but the city does provide certain data uh, analysis to this company. Okay, and I guess the company somehow can you know profit off that data and yeah, and use it to their own benefit. That's interesting. I mean, just just the the concept of we're trying to make this something that's been around for as long as cars have been around, of, of traffic lights that really haven't changed just a whole lot. It's, you know, we've still got the same three colors we're talking yeah, about. Right. It's not, it hasn't changed a, a whole, whole lot in, in decades now of driving, but that feels like something that would potentially change that aspect of your drive right. a whole bunch if yeah. you're able to to make this work. And the city's kind of calling it, they want to, they want the app to, to turn people from aggressive drivers into intellectual drivers. Oh, well, I That's, think we, we all would want more intellectual drivers. Oh, yeah, so I'm at the coffee shop, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the, but then it's hard to say, oh, you're making me less aggressive when you have a countdown to red and I'm going to step gun on it, it Gun to it get to get through, through there. So, uh, There's an argument both ways. All right. Enlighten is the name of the app. Yeah, E-N-L-I-G-H-T-E-N. Enlighten, the name of the app. If you're in Olathe or if you drive through there a lot, it might be something you want to check out and see and tweet to Charlie and see how it's working for you. Yeah, definitely. And then one, I talked to these traffic guys for a whole morning, and one thing that they I thought was just so funny, uh, side note here, the uh, they're all, we're talking all about traffic signals. They do not call them stoplights. They're, you don't want traffic to call signals. them stoplights. They are traffic signals. Okay. They're lights at which you tell you to stop. Yeah, they are. Right. They are indicators. Well, I guess they go. But I mean, people they... like to be green, you know, more often yeah. than red. They're progress stop. indicators is what they are. They're not no. stoplights. <laughs> They're traffic signals. <clears throat> okay. Well, that's Charlie Keegan talking about it in the Enlightened app, so check that out. Uh, feels like a good time to remind you about the other podcast we have here at 41 Action News. Of course, 4th and 1 will continue, even though the Chiefs season is over. They've got to talk about uh, draft and free agency, and all that will continue. So if you're a Chiefs fan... Uh, Did you, you see the, uh, the Bleacher Report video yesterday? Of Mahomes or of Mahomes, the yeah. basketball? Well, no, that was so. Mahomes is, is obviously a great um, athlete, great athlete, and uh, very, very uh, media savvy. Um, but throughout the year, one of the things um, Bleacher Report they had this animation, uh, you know, kind of you know making fun of some of the stereotypes of the different players, different teams uh, across the league. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure you've seen some of them. Yeah. One of the first ones they were kind of poking fun at is Frogger Voice. Uh, and and the most recent one is everybody's disappointed uh, about the the end of the year and 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 they have Patrick Mahomes playing a guitar, um, you know, reminiscing about life without football, and it's uh, it's actually pretty good. Okay, uh, and then obviously he also just launched his own clothing line this week as well, so you can look for that also. Yep. And they they probably will continue to have more Chiefs fans that way. Uh, of course, Chew Diligence, our food podcast here at Forty One Action News. We had if, some chocolate. If you're a foodie, there was chocolate talk. Uh, so uh, it's Valentine's Day, right? Next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I, you know, <laughs> we won't go there. To say <laughs> not that I give much crap about that, but um, I, I'm not. I'm not going to go uh, as far as as calling it Singles Awareness Day, right? Um, I'm not. I'm not bitter. You're about not it. there. 
it's just you know it's a holiday for other people at this point. Uh, but we had uh, Christopher Elbow in the studio this morning. Oh yeah, uh, talking about um, his latest project. I won't spoil that uh, for the True Diligence podcast with him tomorrow. Okay, and the co-host of that podcast, uh, Lindsay Shively, will be back from maternity leave coming up in just about a week, so she'll be back to to doing that uh, full time as well. So we look forward to having her back. And then of course, Screen on the Spot. And if you're a movie fan or entertainment fan, big TV uh, buff that you like to watch lots of shows, Screen on the Spot's a good spot for that to be listening to uh, what's going on in TV and movies. Um, I'm, spoiler alert, going to be on that podcast in a couple of weeks to talk Oscars. The, the, the week before the Oscars, I'll be on there to talk about all the Oscars uh, nominees, that kind of thing. Are you going to be the Oscar host? They called, and uh, I just I couldn't fit it in. Okay. Um, but other like than rehearsal that, time, stuff like that? Yeah, probably. rehearsal time, and you know, I've got a pretty demanding schedule. I've got children, and you know, it's, it's tough. So, uh, and I've got, you know, I've got to drive around Olathe and figure out my way around that. I've got to learn all the traffic signals. Get back on your bike. That's exactly right. <laughs> so uh, be sure to check out all those and continue to support 41 Files. We're glad you're listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. See ya.